Okay, so we're gonna start with a quote from Rumi. Rumi, the uh, the Sufi poet, who was probably um, who was not Jewish, obviously, but um, could have been, would have been, it would have been nice when he was Jewish. But Rumi, um, Rumi says the following. He says, "Make it a habit to behold the light." without the glass. Make it a habit to behold the light without the glass. When the glass is shattered, you may not be left blind. Make it a habit to behold the light without the glass, so that when the glass is shattered, you may not be left blind. I'm gonna come back to that quote, Mr. Shem, the end of, towards the end of this, of this tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's a, a quote that really, if if we understand the difference between Oros and Kalim, that's the internal essence, light of something, and that which holds the light. Kalim, things that hold and contain the energy of, of Hashem. Or the light really means all, all aspects of the energy of Hashem, all things that have to do with um, anything that's beautiful. So if just m- moving along with the, uh, with the uh, Sefer that we're learning, Midas Hariya from Avkuk, we're up to um, the following words. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this, but I just want to read where we're up to and then kind of skip ahead a little bit. We, what we were just saying was, Rav Cook started off by, by saying that we have to be filled with love. Love is a feeling that has to fill us completely, has to fill us up completely, and we have to have a love for, for everything. And Rav Cook goes on to explain that we have to love all creatures, everything that's created, because Hashem created them. We have to love all humanity, and we have to all we have to love all of Klal Yisrael, as Rav Cook said, because our job, the job of Klal Yisrael, is to actualize, to give the energy that's necessary for all of reality to be actualized in this world comes through Klal Yisrael. And of course, there's there's a lot to say about that. The um, some take that very very practically to mean that we have to go into the world and be a light onto the nations and actually do things practically in the world. Others understand that Kal Yisrael has the capacity through our own avoda to change something in the spirit sphere, to change something in the in the in the in the as they as they say, to change something so that we can affect change in this world. And Rav Kook makes the distinction between saying that our love for all of creation, for all of humanity, and for all of Kal Yisrael is a love that has to be actualized. We can't just feel the love, the purpose of that love, the, the, the essence of that love is, is something that needs to be expressed in a way where we do acts of service for the world. We engage the world, we bring about good things into this world, we seek to help other things transcend, we seek to affect change in this world. That comes from the love that we have for creation. And, and above that, the book says, 
there's the love of Hashem. And the love of Hashem is a different kind of love because we can't affect Hashem. We can't, we can't change Hashem. Hashem doesn't need anything from us. We can't cause good things for Hashem. We can't cause change in Hashem. Elamir of Cook says, love for Hashem is in its essence to be experienced. In the words of Rav Cook, that which my heart is filled with love of God, that is the essence and the expression of love of God. So it's experiential. My love for Hashem is experiential. It's not expressed, it's experiential. When Rav Cook goes on, he says, It's not possible for anyone not to love God. It's not possible to not love God. It's a very beautiful uh, uh, phraseology. It's not possible to not love God. It's not possible that the energy of that love, which is so sweet, it's not possible that that energy will not sprout out of you. In other words, even though the purpose, the 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 um, the reality, the tachlis of loving Hashem is to experience it, but it's not possible that the experiencing of that love will not sprout from you. That's not possible. So again, to love creation, the purpose of loving creation is to bring me to act. The purpose of loving Hashem is to be filled with love, is to experience that love. Now, once I experience that love, he says, it's not possible for that love to remain static. It's not possible for that love to remain just inside. And, it's, and that, uh, that love that we, we experience, it's forced to grow from us. It, it just becomes expressed. And he goes on, of Cook, I'm going to skip a few words. It's not possible to not love Torah Because they are so connected to the goodness of Hashem. It's not possible to not love Torah It's not possible for a person to not love that which is straight, that which is righteous, that which is good, that which is orderly, that which is organized, that which is disciplined, that which, that which is, a, is a, a, um, a balancing and harmonizing factor in all of human morality. It's not possible to not love those things. Those things that bring about manifestation in this world, those things that bring about godliness into this world, it's not possible not to love those things. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. Skipping in this, in this place, Gimel. It's not possible for a person to not be filled with love of all of creation. Because the, the, the Shefa, the flow, of the or of Hashem is, is expanded, expounded, is exploding from everything. 
everything is a revelation of the sweetness of Hashem. Now we're up to Eistalad. Shalheves Eish Hakodesh Shal Ahavas Hashem Aloy Besecha Nashami Hitamid by Eretz. I'm just going to put the AC on for a minute. I'm really putting on the AC. Hang on, just a second. An explosive holy fire of loving Hashem. Inside of every one of our bodies, inside every one of our personalities, inside the essence of what we are, inside of our neshama, there's a shalheves h hakodesh. There's a bonfire an explosive bonfire that is filled with love of Hashem. It warms our Ruach. Ruach means the parts, the, the parts of our personalities that engage with the world around us. That powerful energy that comes from our Neshama spreads its warmth to really our faces the way we interact with the world. It warms us. It lights life up for us. Right? We just laid the parsha of the Maraglam this, this today. The whole story of the Maraglam is a story of people who got lost in not being able to see life. Right? Rabbi Nachman says that sight does not mean something that you receive. Sight is something you give. Your eyes send light out into the world, and that's and it, and it illuminates objects in the world. That's how we see. The, it's the opposite of what science says. The mystical version of what we do with our eyes is we send our eyes out. Our eyes are sent. That's the story of the Maragnum. The Maragnum were sent to go look. Ears are, are, are to be macabre. Eyes are to, are to look. Right? Ears are to hear, the eyes, the job of the eyes is to look, is to send our sight out to, to, to see something. That's why you can close your eyes, you can close your eyelids. Because sight is something that, that is proactive. Hearing is passive. Again, we're talking about in a mystical sense. This powerful fire, this bonfire, that is filled with love of Hashem, it lights up our life. And the pleasures of this fire has no end. There is no, there is no assessment tool that can, that can, that can capture the delicacy the delicateness and the sweetness of this fire, of this love. That's if we're living naturally. 
if we're living naturally and we're, we're, we are the way that we are created to be and we are living our lives in the way that Hashem intended for us, everything we just said is true. A powerful fire burns inside of every one of us, filled with love. It makes its way from our neshamas. And like we've said before, the longest distance on earth is between our neshamas and our, our, our consciousness, our minds. There's, it makes its way from that, from that place that's deep, 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 deep inside of us, that's rooted up in Shemayim. That love can extend itself all the way to ourselves, to our personalities, to our minds, to our consciousness, to our behaviors, to our actions. It could burst forth from us. It could, it could shine its light on everything that we have around us. And the pleasures of this love, of this light, of this powerful fire have no end. They can't be captured. They can't be explained. They can't really be put into words. How, what's the word for achzarius? How cruel. How cruel a person is to themselves. That we get so lost with the darkness of life. We become so busy and so stressed with so many different cheshbonas, so many different calculations, so many different thoughts, so many different ideas, bombarded with all kinds of uh, data from the world around us and people, and we get so caught up in, in so many different kinds of things. The, the life of all life, the the Eden, Adinos. What does Adinos mean? The fineness, the delicate, the delicateness. It's like Neimos. The delicateness of, of all of the foundation of, of life. The, the life force. That which is the most, you can't even put words to it, because that which is life. He forgets in his heart. It gets lost. And therefore, he doesn't have a chelek. He doesn't have a participation. He can't participate, but he can't participate in this love that we that, that our neshamas naturally have. And then he spends his whole life, or she spends her whole life, lost in all of the different uh, practicalities and all the different chamrias, uh, um, all the different, uh, it doesn't just mean gashmias, the physicalities. It means like things that are, that are, are thick with emptiness. We spend our lives getting, getting full on thickness, but things that are really, really empty. Without any light and without any aura. Amnam, he says, however, even though this is what happens to all of us at different stages and different places, and to each of us to a different degree, <clears throat> this that we get caught up in all kinds of stressors and all kinds of busyness and worried and busy with all kinds of cheshbonas and calculations about life. Neged kol teva hanefesh. It is against the entire 
natural way that we are. And it is connected, it is the opposite of the nature of all of reality. This that we spend all of our times dealing, dealing with smallness, even greatness, ego, stress, expectations, negativity. Of course, we have to do hishtatas. He's not saying we don't have to do hishtatas, but this that we get lost in it, that we don't allow the, that fire that burns with the love of Hashem that's hidden within me, we don't allow that, we hold that back, we hold that in advance because we forget about that because we're, we become so busy, we get lost with it. That is neged tevaha vayakulahu, that is completely neged, opposite nature. That's not the natural way. Stress is not the natural way. Busyness is not the natural way. Chesed Elyon. It's a, it's a tremendous chesed from Hashem. Mukrochul hisparetzman miskaraisav. It's the, the, the biggest chesed of Hashem is, is that He gives us this opportunity to experience our neshamas. Our neshamas are filled with this unbelievable love for Hashem. And that love from Hashem is constantly in a state of wanting to express itself. It wants to take me out of any limitations that I have. It can't be contained in anything. Constantly vibrant. It's constantly moving. It's constantly pushing. It's constantly expanding, transcending. What a chesed, of Cook says, that we have the capacity in our lives to, to experience that, that we have something that pushes us out of our own boundaries. And that the Kedusha of our lives are completely colored and can be completely colored with every, with really like pixie dust, like sparkles of, of all different kinds of beautiful colors. From, from this love that we contain within us. He's quoting a passage from Yuchaya that this capacity that human beings have to experience love of Hashem, to experience spirituality, to experience this explosion that takes place within us, this capacity is something that he says, the, the, the Pasuk is giving, is giving a haftacha, really, a bracha, a promise to all of us that this will turn into, it'll bring us, all of us, to not just experience, but to, to be able to bring into a koyach mamachi, where there's actual real ramifications, where we can become transformed. It's not just something that we feel we can live our lives with it. There's really no way to do justice to Cook's words because the words themselves are, are being expressed in a free-flowing way where Rav Kook is clearly in that moment experiencing that kind of love. The thing that strikes me the most is, is these words, how cruel we are to ourselves. That we ourselves, now sometimes you don't know that we're doing this. Sometimes we have to learn to be able to understand but how cruel we are to ourselves that we treat ourselves 
with such disconnect, where we disconnect from the parts within ourselves that are completely filled with a shalheves eish hakodesh It's not simply something that exists beyond. It's not something that just tzaddikim have. It's not something that if you do Torah and mitzvahs, you'll get to a madrega of loving Hashem. It's not something that, you know, if you if you sit at a kumzitz, maybe somewhere, somehow, if you have a deep mystical experience, you'll experience loving Hashem. It's in every single one of us. Every single one of us has an Hashem. Every single one of us has that part within ourselves that is completely filled with a fire burning to, for love of Hashem. And we have the capacity not just to know that, we have the capacity to feel it, and we have the capacity to be transformed by it, and we have the capacity to live lives that are, that, are, that, are, that are led by that fire. It's just a matter for us of whether or not we want that, whether or not we have the capacity or the wherewithal, the knowledge, to know how to get in touch with, with our neshamas. More and more and more with the advent of modern psychology, and with the capacity for people to go inside and find within themselves different parts of themselves, it's, it should, I believe, it's getting easier and easier for people to, to, to touch little uh, edges of their neshama. The way we've defined our neshamas is when a person experiences that I matter, mattering, of course, could mean like, like the ego, but when a person experiences within myself Hashem created me. Therefore, it means he loves me. Therefore, I matter. Therefore, I'm something. And I'm misspoiling on that. I'm able to meditate on that. I'm able to think about that. I'm able to then touch this place within myself that is completely filled with love for Hashem. How much do we destroy ourselves? He's not coming here with anger. Rav Kook is, Rav Kook is simply he's reflecting on it how cruel we are to ourselves, how really it behooves every one of us to be able to find a way, find a way, find whatever, whatever it might be. Sometimes we have to find other, other methods that are not necessarily spelled out for us in the Torah. We have to find methods of meditation. We have to find methods of different things. But the idea is to remember that every single one of us has the capacity to be filled with that love and that's a love that moves. It's a love that's con consistently and continuously in motion. And it wants us, it wants to invite us to experience it. It's a love that wants, that wants us. It's searching for us. It wants our minds. It wants our consciousness. It wants our ego. And it wants to ride us to the highest levels that we can possibly reach. Lahavdo. Rumi says, make it a habit to behold the light without the glass, so that when the glass is shattered, you may not be left blind. It's an interesting, it's an interesting wording. What Rumi seemingly is saying is that, like, if you look at a light bulb, so light, the glass filters, filters out the light. You have colored glass, it, it, it colors the light. But glass, really, a light bulb, Rumi, of course, wasn't talking about light bulbs more than a thousand years ago. He's talking about, uh, let's say, a candle holder. 
glass does a bunch of things. It protects the light, it holds light, it also filters the light, it can, can spread the light out to different places, it can be reflective. Most of us in life get caught up with the glass. Most of us in life get caught up with that which brings the light into the world. If I experience something good and I make good bracha how much of my experiencing that good thing is distracting me from the recognition of what that good thing is about? If I experience something good within myself, how much am I getting distracted by the shalheves esh hakodesh of avas Hashem that's burning within me versus I did this, my ego, my personality, etc. Rumi is, is suggesting to us, if you don't accustom your eyes to seeing the light, if you don't accustom your eyes to seeing Hashem in things, if you don't accustom your eyes to seeing that neshama that you have within yourself, then those moments when the glass breaks, that means those moments where, you, where we crack, where we fall apart, where we have spent all of our lives thinking so deeply into this, we have to get this thing working and that thing going and with this goal and this personal goal and this business goal and this professional goal and this thing and I have to be here and I have to do this. All of those things, when any of those things crack in my life, if I'm not accustomed to seeing the light, then I'm going to go blind. If I'm not accustomed to seeing that underneath all the things I try in my life, there's a burning love for Hashem. If I'm not accustomed to seeing that all the things that exist in this world, there's, is, there's a burning light of Hashem that's inside, then when the going gets tough, I'm going to get blind. Because every time the glass breaks, every time reality breaks, every time something breaks, then the Shama comes exploding out. And we experience that as pain. But in some way, we experience that as pain because of the blindness. Because every time that there's something negative, every time there's a crack in my life, there's an opportunity for me to find my neshama. It's continuously burning, continuously exploding. So the question becomes, how much in my life am I able to become accustomed even if it's just believing that I carry that soul within me. But even more than that, not just believing it, searching for ways to find it and discover it, searching for ways to find that neshama which is in me, seeking out whatever ways can get me to learn and find and discover that neshama within me. And that's really what's really the whole story of the Miraglim. But the question is, is how cruel do we want to be to ourselves? How much do we want to continue getting lost in painting the glass, all different kinds of beautiful mosaic uh, um, designs, forgetting to look inside the glass to see that I have to get my eyes accustomed to seeing the neshama within me. I have to get my eyes accustomed to seeing Hashem within everything. And I have to get more and more and more accustomed to seeing panemius, the depths, that which is essence, as opposed to that which is content. So my bracha to all of us is that we, we purify our eyes, 
we find much more of a capacity to getting, <clears throat> to let go of all the things that hold us back from that beautiful fire that's within every one of us. And we should be zeichet to experience at least, at least even if it's not constant, at least at moments in our lives, that Shalheves Echakodesh of Avas Hashem that is burning within me to warm ourselves, to warm the people around us, to warm the people we love, to warm the people that are that are outside of our little sphere, to warm the world and to connect to Hashem. We should be zeichet to the time of Mashiach when that fire will not just be within us, it'll be the essence of us and we also follow up. I'll get to that very soon. Mm-hmm.